have been there from the very start you are more like family than fans thanks for tuning in star wars fan it is time now for another fans of the force podcast and boy what a uh this episode man is one that we all knew was coming and we tried to prepare for it and there was no way we could prepare for what we witnessed this week um, before we get too far into that, uh, I'm John Frederick. I'll be moderating tonight, and I'd like to, of course, um, welcome my wonderful co-hosts, Adrian. Hey, hey, hey. And Cat Ray. Hey, guys. What is up? Talk some Rebels. I want to talk Rebels. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack from these final Rebels episodes. You know, and I hope I can get through the podcast without crying. Because I might. was going to say we're all going to need a box of tissues. Uh, but before we get into that, <laughs> I say we light speed right into some Star Wars news, so we can get into the media discussion even faster. Sounds great, John. Uh, this week for our Galactic Geek Out, uh, starting off on a slightly bummer note, but the Academy Awards were this past Sunday, and although The Last Jedi was nominated for four of them, did not win any. Is this the first time that Star Wars has been skunked in the Oscars? No. No. I think TFA was also nominated and did not receive any awards i know the score was nominated definitely and probably visual effects or sound editing same as uh the last jedi and it did not win any awards okay revenge of the sith was nominated for best makeup i remember back in back in the day and it did not win either. no it didn't win okay. so no this is not the first time and i can't say i'm really surprised well, you know, the Oscars have that prestige type of uh, thing to them, right? Uh, they're getting better these last couple of years, you know, acknowledging genre films. And, you know, just a little sidetrack here. I'm over the moon that a horror film won Best Original Screenplay, you know, Jordan Peele's Get Out. Get Out! That was pretty awesome. You, I was, I was screaming in my apartment, hell yeah, I was so freaking happy. We ate, we got some horror representation, uh, Jordan Peele making history, and just oh my god, yeah, yeah I, I love that. So for every Suicide Squad Oscar win, there's also now a Jordan Peele Get Out type of win. So love it's, it. it's, it's getting there. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I think we'll see that happen more and more. As I mean, obviously, you know the 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 people who are voting on these are now. People in my peer age, you know, in my peer group, <laughs> and which is frightening to me. And um, so, so it's natural that we'll find more really good mainstream stuff winning and being recognized because that's all the the stuff that people of my peer group br- were brought up on. 
So it's, yeah. I mean, it's been acceptable our whole lives. Whereas it, I can't imagine that in my father's generation that horror was ever thought of as anything but just B movie stuff. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so super excited about the future of the Oscars. Moving on, kind of also on a sad note, but John Williams recently said in an interview that he will be done composing Star Wars films after Episode Nine. Hmm. So I guess Star Wars is actually canceled. Yeah, after no that more point, Star Wars. Right? It's like, <laughs> all done. right, well, okay, we're good. Bye bye. Carry on. Move along. Move along. Turn but off the good the news is. He's definitely doing episode nine. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Which he'd already stated that he was going to do. And quite honestly, I mean, at this point, he's what? 89 years old. Something like that. Stop. Yeah. Stop what you're you know, doing. Just stop what you're doing right now. Yeah. He's, he's not getting any younger. No. And he's got a huge body of work and obviously has worked very hard. So if he's starting to lean towards retirement, it is well-earned and well-deserved. True that. Well, and and I think it's fitting that he has scored every single one of the saga films. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and as those are now coming to a close, and we're getting other films like Rogue One, like Solo, A Star Wars Story, um, and even the TV shows like Rebels, we've got, at least so far from what we've heard, some fantastic music coming out of those different uh realms of star wars so and they all they all pay homage to the master the maestro uh john williams which is very cool and very respectful we'll obviously have to see what happens with solo in just a few months but um based on on the other things we've experienced uh rogue one was fantastic soundtrack and i mean this last couple of episodes of Rebels, the music was oh, incredible, yeah. and I'm uh, sure we'll yeah. talk about that on later point. on. Oh, yes, definitely. So the, the future of Star Wars music, I think, will be okay, although we will miss John Williams. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll all feel his force ghost in the rest of the scores that we always will uh, will witness from this point forward. His musical force ghost. Yeah, not actual Force Ghost. Right. He's going to live forever. Um, yeah. Moving on to a slightly more happy note, uh, Mark Hamill is finally getting a well-deserved star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and I believe that ceremony takes place this week on March 8th. Oh, oh dope. That's like Thursday. Yes. Oh. Very soon. The day that this podcast is released. Oh, boy. I wish I could so, be there. They'll probably live stream that, it. Uh, yes, I imagine we'll get pictures and video. Um, no doubt. And there yeah. will probably be a lot of people there to um, yell and scream and wave and enjoy that spectacle. Well-deserved and... Oh, damn time, if you ask me, but better yeah. Than ever. yeah. Yes, March 8th, for sure. So, there you go. And it was also fun seeing Mark at the Oscars, speaking of that. Um, it looked like he had a really good time, even though I actually missed all of the ceremony, but it looked, from what I saw on social media, it looked like he had some fun bits. 
<laughs> uh, remember when I messaged you guys saying uh, he's introducing himself to Gal Gadot? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's cute. You can kind of hear them because they're close enough to the mic that you can kind of make it out. The next morning, I saw like two or three articles just based around that one moment. Luke Skywalker oh, talking to Wonder Woman and they're peeking <laughs> out on each other. And I'm like, that's awesome. That is so cool. I don't know if it's article worthy, but I'm, well, I'm glad a this, lot of people picked up on it. In today's media day and age, everything is article worthy. Yep. Yeah, that is, that's true. Yeah. Give it a, give it a clickbait headline and get a couple paragraphs out of it. That's right. Yeah. Especially if you make up something that's not quite true, but make it sound true. That's your clickbait. There you go. Yeah, totally. All right. And lastly, um, this isn't totally new news because I think it's been a- around for a week or so. But uh, it was recently revealed that as Rebels is ending, now has ended, um, that Lucasfilm has trademarked at the title Star Wars Resistance leading to speculation that this could possibly be the next animated show that we could be seeing. Bring it on. Yeah, I'm totally cool with that idea. I mean, I would, I would assume that with resistance in the title, it would be something set post and or pre TFA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving us more into the sequel era. Um, away from the OT, if that's true at all, or whatever it's going to be. I mean, it could be a comic. It could be, who knows? It could be the live action um, TV show that has Maybe. been rumored. That's true. Good point. That's true. Disney's gearing I mean, up for that streaming service, right? So, mm-hmm. and supposedly, I mean, according to Bob Iger, that there are several star wars shows in development that we could see on disney's own streaming service so yes that's a good point john it could totally be setting laying the groundwork for a live action show and i would be okay with that especially if dave filoni has anything to do with it that (laughs) that would be curious i has he has episodic television experience Mm-hmm. Although in animated form, mm-hmm. uh, we know he can write the hell out of a storyline, and um, and it would be his first uh, tiptoeing into uh, directing live, live actors instead of mm-hmm. voice actors, um, which could lead him eventually to the path of a motion picture. I think that'd be a cool trajectory for him all quite possible very quite possible <laughs> i love dave filoni <laughs> i also Our, love dave filoni <laughs> i mostly love dave filoni except that he like gut punched me about a billion times over the past three weeks so. right no kidding you love him because <laughs> he made you feel i love right. him and I hate him. No, <laughs> it's, you a com- love him. It's, it's a complicated relationship. <laughs> well, that relationship might stem uh, partially due to our main topic today. The finale of the, uh, the fourth season and the entire series 
of Star Wars Rebels. Hoobly. <laughs> Where to begin? You know. Well, I. Th- go I, ahead. I, I was thinking. I think it'd be kind of neat if we could, like, each just kind of give a rundown of our overall experience with the with the series. Because I, I think the just, whole series. Yeah, just just a quick overview. Just because based on past conversations we've had, I, I feel like we've been each of us have also been on our own little arc so to speak mm-hmm. since the series premiered to the point the other night where it ended that's true i mean i know that personally i started watching rebels when i heard about the season two finale so i was actually uh-huh. two season. i was actually two seasons behind at that point and that actually I I heard about the ending of season two and I was like, well, I can't just watch these two seasons. So that's when I went back, watched all of the Clone Wars, watched all of Rebels up to that point and then started watching from season three. And so it was, you know, kind of this hearing about what had gone down in the season. So I was basically spoiled, but that was okay <laughs> because even being spoiled, it was enough to pique my interest. And honestly, I would say kind of restart my like deep dive into the Star Wars fandom. And so it's been so much fun then watching it live and having other people to react to and getting to talk about it with you guys. And so now it almost feels like the end of an era. I mean, I know we're going to be getting more content in the future, but it's like I since I didn't watch the Clone Wars from start to finish, I only watched it after it was all released. And even though I had to catch up here, it's kind of like, you know, we <laughs> saw it from beginning to end and, you know, watching the end in real time and it feels like the end of an era a little bit. It's yeah, sad. I, I- I totally get that perspective because I'm, I mean, I have a similar experience with the animated Star Wars stuff, the recent animated Star Wars stuff. I mean, I hadn't watched all of Clone Wars when we started this podcast. And I'd only seen a couple episodes of Rebels when we started this podcast. So I had to go back and play catch up on those things. And with Rebels having. Uh, episodic content coming out over the last year for us to uh, sink our teeth into. It's been, at times, um, the most new Star Wars that's come out since we've been doing this podcast. Mm -hmm. And so that was something that the three of us, it helped us kind of cement what we do on this podcast and and how we experience Star Wars, new Star Wars, fresh Star Wars from our individual perspectives and, you know, discuss it and dissect it and and talk about our, our, our hopes and, and wishes for the direction of the series. And now that's all over and we have to wait until the next episodic um, uh, version of, of Star Wars to present itself. I mean, obviously, we've got another movie coming along, and, and we've had a movie since we started this podcast. Um, but, man, it's, uh, it is. It's, it's the end of a, the first. It's, it's like the end of our first date. 
You know <laughs> I what I mean? Just wanted to keep going. Yeah. Don't want the magic to end. Yeah. yeah. And and maybe maybe the date didn't go exactly the way we were hoping for in some cases. But man, was that a good date? Mm-hmm. It really ended so well. And um and I can't wait for a second date. <laughs> Very interesting analogy there, man. <laughs> well, I mean, Star Wars to me is is like it's a love affair, you know? It is. It truly is a love affair. And it has its ups um, and its downs. It's got Do its come ups back and its around. Downs? Some days it's ugly. <laughs> some some days it's the best thing ever and I never want to let go of it. Mm-hmm. Um and in fact, my wife does call Star Wars the other woman. So <laughs> <laughs> Or she did the other night jokingly. So, um, but was but, she really um, joking? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she was. She was mostly, mostly, and yeah. <laughs> mostly, and, um, and and but I mean, it's that personal, and I think it's that personal to all of us, and anyone who might be listening, it's that personal to them too, and you know anything that that. That has such that resonates so much with uh, with a large uh, culture like we have in our our, our day and time, you know. Um, there's a reason it resonates, you know, and and usually there's there's a good positive reason for that because it's well done and it's lovable, and that's what we got. We we had a lovable first date with with rebels, um, man. But in terms of of actually what we saw on on the boob tube, what did you guys? Where do we start? I mean, well, hold on, gosh. Adrian. What 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 about you and your your rebels arc? My rebels How are arc? you feeling? Yeah, you know, I'm just hearing you guys kind of realize talking about it made me realize like it kind of jump started. Uh, it restarted, rebooted my. My love affair with Star Wars, because mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've Star Wars fan for life, right? Grew up with the OG trilogy on VHS, and the prequels came out. But it's not until Rebels, I think, that it really kind of jumpstarted me. Because yeah, okay, so it's been interesting. I, I remember I really didn't appreciate it as much as I do now, right? Uh, I just didn't really connect with it initially. High school Adrian connected right away with the Clone Wars series just because, oh my god, it's Obi-Wan. Hey, look, it's Anakin. Right? I just instantly reconnected to those, like, characters. And for a while, just Rebels didn't seem like it was up to par. Ezra annoyed me, and it was always Lothal. I, I think I was just wanting more Clone Wars to... To be frank, I guess. But, you know, I watched it just because, all right, it's Star Wars. I'm going to watch this. And it's not, I don't hate it, but I don't, I'm just going to keep watching it. But once you actually kind of start seeing what's going on there beneath the surface and then having people to react with you to it, because, I mean, no one here that I know watches any of the Star Wars stuff, just the movies. So in connecting with you guys and other people that actually appreciate this kind of this stuff, just just re- restarted everything for me. And I started seeing all the artistry that goes into this 
series that went into the series, not just art wise, but also just like mm-hmm. storytelling. And, well, and no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, please. Well, I was just going to say one of the things that, and this is kind of just an overall comment is I think one of the things that felt so powerful about these last five episodes was the way that Filoni and his team were basically able to weave everything mm-hmm. that we've seen so far into one place. I mean, you had the prequels, you have the OT, you've got Rogue One, you've got the sequel trilogy, and they were able to tie in elements of all of those into this one show. And quite honestly, I, you know, I don't know if they'll be able to ever replicate that again. And so it it feels very, very cool to be able to have seen that and have that as part of the Star Wars universe. Absolutely. Um, these last couple episodes, so it it connected all of Star Wars. We've said that before a few times, but just think about everything that's been connected. You just you just kind of uh, listed it off. All the movies, all the books, all the uh, new canon books. Anyway, they're doing they're creating this whole new universe. That actually feels one and the same, no matter what you're watching or reading. Marvel, the MCU, isn't even that good with that. They they do their movies, but I mean, all their shows feel totally like on their on their own little islands or something. They yeah, separate kind of, universes almost. Yeah, like you're telling me they're connected, but it doesn't feel the same. Each show has its own thing going on, and they just kind of yeah. react to the movies occasionally. Star Wars has gone beyond that. And it just feels real at this point now, just because you're thinking, how is this going to affect that and vice versa without it relying on anything else? It's still its own standalone, stands on its own piece. Yeah. Well, that and I mean, you mentioned it, you know, being real, I guess. And it's like the characters you know, at least for me, have made such an impact and added so much richness to the Star Wars universe. Like, I don't want to say goodbye to these characters. I mean, yeah. obviously, I think we're all looking forward to seeing new stories and meeting new people and seeing, you know, what else is out there in in the Star Wars galaxy. But, you know, it, it's it's sad to say goodbye. And these are characters we've come to know and love. And older characters that we'd already known and fallen in love with (laughs) that, you know, now we get to kind of say a final goodbye. Question mark. Question mark. uh, (laughs) Two. So (laughs) can I just say the last 30 seconds of the entire series just gave me the sense of it was Nirvana. It was perfect for me. I think I was crying too hard. Um, I think I spent. I think I spent the last ten minutes of the finale. Just uh, it was a good thing we weren't actually skyping or facetiming because I mean I was like ugly crying. It was wiping was, tears. Yeah, I was glad that nobody else was home. <laughs> she was asleep. I was like alone in the dark on my couch, just crying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, You'll notice that, that I didn't say I wasn't. Um, yeah, I mean it. The 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 finale gave me. It, I wept, you know. 
I mean, not like I didn't sob, but man, I I teared. Solid tears, too. <laughs> Good. Let those emotions out, John. Yeah. Let them all oh. out. Oh, I'm a crier. Yeah, well. I don't hide it. Me Happy too. tears, sad tears. I, I got them. I got all the yeah. tears. Yeah, these these last five episodes definitely. Um, it was an emotional roller coaster. Starting, I guess we should probably start with the first two episodes: Jedi Knight and Doom. Um, <laughs> which, oh my God. yeah, uh, just months which kind of, of just, teasing you. <laughs> yeah it just kind of started the emotional roller coaster and went from there i mean yeah they pulled they pulled no punches um emotionally and uh hitting hitting all those notes well and they did it without being sappy too yes yeah it didn't feel cliched no <laughs> I mean, I mean, I would, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that there weren't some, like, tropes there that you could identify, but I don't think it, I mean, Adrian, I don't think it fell over into kind of, like, saccharine sweetness. Oh, no, I, I, I loved all that. Uh, dude, There's defi- there were some cheesy defi- moments, but I love cheese. <laughs> I, I like yeah. a lot of cheese on my nachos. Well, there were, I but like, it was so well balanced with, yeah, it was it was so well balanced <laughs> with really good meaty moments too. You know, like Kanan preparing himself for this last mission, and the ritualistic way he did that um, was really symbolic and and um, significant, and really kind of set a tone. It gave just another another aspect of his character that we didn't always see him really Mm-mm. being ritualistic that often. He had a few times, but really, like, I mean, this was purposeful um, ritual in preparation for what was to come. Um, and we, we hadn't really seen that. That was, and that was that was really cool. That was his Return of the Jedi moment. That makes sense. That was the Jedi literally came back. He he was pretty much re-embracing the Caleb Duma mm-hmm. persona. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't hiding but, from himself anymore. And that was his really, whole, whole arc throughout the whole series. Yeah, that's a really cool way to put that. I hadn't thought of it in that in that respect. Yeah, right. it's like he he finally came full circle. I mean, he'd spent years being Kane and Jarrus and hiding Caleb Doom and avoiding Caleb Doom, and at the end, he was able to embrace that again. Did you guys find Kanan's end satisfying? Yes and no. We're probably on the same page. Elaborate. <laughs> well, my my gripe with it, like I don't mind the way he actually went out, self sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He gets his vision back right at the last second. Beautiful, wonderful. 
Uh, that was cool. That was that was sick. Yeah. From a storytelling perspective, and I think this could have helped a lot with Ezra's character. I think this should have happened at the end of season three. Hmm. So to elaborate a, a bit on that, right? Ezra Ezra has always been a bit of a black, not a black sheep, a bit of a thorn for me in this show. Just because he's our protagonist, yeah. but I just don't care about him or didn't care about him. Right. <laughs> Season yeah. one, he's bratty. He's used to yeah. being by himself. So, yeah, okay, he's going to be weird. Street that rat. Way. Street rat. Loth rat. Yeah. So he was a loth yeah. rat. Right. And, uh, yeah. So, oh, my God. Could <laughs> Filoni. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Sorry. So, okay, so season one, Estra, I totally get that. That makes sense. It would make it's believable for him to be like that. He's this cocky yeah. teenager that's also full of pain, but he's trying to hide it. Cool. Season two, they started moving along with that a bit, but also kind of setting up how he's going to change and mature with Kanan at his side. Right? Mm-hmm. We, right. We started building up some of the dark side type of moments we saw in, with him in season one, some of those raw force moments. Mm-hmm. And he was presented with the path. The two paths he can take. He can either take the light or the dark. Right. Is he gonna fight for himself? Is he gonna fight for others? He's a he's a caring person. He loves other people. He's a very mm-hmm. caring individual. But that can also lead that's also attachment. So yeah, just going into some of the more I guess detailed stuff there. Introduce Maul into the picture and boom. The season two finale, the last shot of him opening up the Holocron. I was so excited. I'm like, okay. We're moving along here. Ezra went from this to that. I am so excited to see what we're doing next. Then season three happened where they pretty much just rebooted his character and he had to learn the same lessons like five times throughout that season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Season four, Ezra, his arc in season four where he finally matured, where he finally, after knowing what to do, I know what I have to do like ten times throughout the season two, finally embraced what he wanted to do, what he wanted to be. He became a Jedi. And he knew how to move on past his master after his master's death, right? He became his own person, so to speak, right? Not relying on others. I know who I am now. Yeah. And then we rushed through that because obviously the series is ending. The season is ending. So we just we kind of rushed through that at the end with the finale. Had... That happened at the end of season three. Had Kanan died at the end of season three, and we had started this part of Ezra's arc at the end of season three and beginning of season four, mm-hmm. we would have had a whole season of Ezra mourning, maturing, accepting everything we can have sped through with this season. Yeah. We would have had more time to build on that. Because so, at the end of this season, I'm like, I finally like Ezra. I finally find Ezra interesting. And now, and now he's gone. <laughs> and that's that's irritating to me. Well, and I think, too, just to kind of add to it, I think yeah. we had also the best villain of the series in season four. I mean, Vader's always the best villain. But, I mean, outside of Vader, <laughs> Thrawn really really brought another layer of interesting to, to uh, the whole situation and and in particularly the last couple episodes with Ezra um it 
it felt like it felt to me like when it was just Ezra and Thrawn um, that Ezra, as powerful as he had become, was still outmatched mm-hmm. in some aspects, and that Thrawn was more dangerous. Um, and and that I think also helped us attach ourselves to Ezra because now he's in a, a position where um, he's being really challenged. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how it's going to end. So that helps us um, feel more, uh, you know, we want to protect him more. And and it'll, it makes us more on his side and really rooting for him. And I think that helped, too. Totally with, agree. With Thrawn's focus on Ezra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I, I remember thinking to myself, I want more of this. Why didn't we get more of this? Yeah. So I, I I think I have to agree with you, Adrian. I think I think you're. I mean, if you if you could make it better, it would have been more. Although I love Kanan, and more Kanan's always good, and we did get more of a payoff because of the uh, Kanan Hera relationship really blossomed in season four, and that would be something. That would be. I'm sorry to bring it up. That would be something that would that we would have missed horrifically. Oh well, um, if they'd introduced it earlier, Filoni. Had they done it earlier? That's what I'm saying. Uh, Season four rushed to the end. Yeah. But, so I, I mean, not not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but it set off the big payoff at the very very end, where if if we had had a whole season. You know, and then all of a sudden they would have gave us that payoff that we'll talk about later. We'd have been like, wait a damn minute. We would have seen that coming. Whereas there'd be less questions around it, though. Waiting, but waiting for Kanan to die toward the end of the series. You know, we didn't see that last piece of the puzzle coming. True. Sort of. So the so I thought the payoff was better. But I think you're right. I think the series as a whole might have had more interesting points. I, I Adrian, I mean, the the way you've you brought that up and the alternative is is definitely interesting. I would totally agree that I feel like these last 5 episodes as good as they were mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm not trying to say otherwise. Um, as good as they were, they do feel a bit rushed. Um, and, you know, some of that is maybe they could have paced stuff be- out better over the, over the course of the series, whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ultimately, like, I'm really conflicted about Kanan's death. I mean, on the one hand, I think him stepping up and making that sacrifice, which is... Oh, spoiler sac- alert, Kanan died. Yeah. Um, <laughs> may, yeah. Yeah, FYI, spoilers. Um, God! You know, making making that sacrifice that, that basically also completes their mission of stopping the TIE Defender production, like, that, I thought, was beautifully done. Like, the way that that culminated... Um, on the other hand, you know, 
uh, on the other hand, I'm also kind of like, but it's like easy in terms of story plot to kill Kanan off. So then it's kind of like, yeah. Well, and then wait, wait, wait. Okay. And then, <laughs> and then there's the whole Canera thing, which look like I ship Kanan and Canera, Kanan and Hera hardcore love them together. I am irritated at Filoni that he waited so damn long to show it. And I'm not saying we needed to have big honking whatever throughout the course of the series, but like if it's if it had been a little bit more apparent as we moved into the final season and I'm also really irritated that he didn't say I love you back. So somebody fix that. <laughs> or he could have said i know Uh, yeah well yeah but yes (laughs) yeah that'd that'd be stealing it though that'd be stealing and he could have said cool story bro yeah Yeah. (laughs) cat's crazy it's okay um (laughs) so so like i'm conflicted do i think do i think that the the way that it played out was well done yes dude and you know i love thematically what happened do i love every aspect of it not quite as much and it was so sad you guys especially when they get back to the base and like chopper takes Hera's hand like i actually didn't cry when kanan died but like when chopper goes up to Hera and just takes her hand i was like God damn it, Filoni. <laughs> you know, you know we, yeah. I, I, Why you gotta do me like that, bro? I'm not gonna like, lie. Ouch. <laughs> I weep. That's the moment that made me weep this season more than any other. But it wasn't even Chopper. It was Zeb. Because he's, yeah. he's yeah. coming back and he's all smiling. Yeah. And then, and then they get off. They get off and it's just he's being tossed the helmet. And mm. the, the change in him, you, you know that he knows, oh God. Oh god! Then he just starts holding Ezra. I'm like, okay, yeah, that okay. Was so like sweet. even now, just remembering that, I'm like, hmm. What do you mean he's gone? He's gone. Captured. He's gone. Oh, sob. Yeah. And and I think I think in the aftermath of Kanan's death, I felt like the characters stayed very true to themselves in terms of dealing with their grief. Did you guys feel that way? Yeah, absolutely. Like Sabine and Zeb kind of being like, nah, we're going to go blow stuff up, you know, yeah, get revenge, totally. you know, Especially go out. Zeb. Whereas, uh, yeah, and whereas Hera kind of retreated into herself and, you know, was not, you know, had her calicory that she could kind of turn to and her, her own inner strength finding that. And then Ezra yeah totally agree that the aftermath like their mourning process for each of them was on point it that was perfect i I love how each of each i love how it went down for each of them that way it still contributed to the overall plot too which is Mm -hmm. wonderful good yes yeah character driven plot 
right there. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Totally. <laughs> oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> yeah. Plus, we got to see Rook all painted up like a clown, which was a nice moment of levity after kind of all the serious sadness. Oh, you mean how, like, two seconds before that, he was, like, beating him to death for the most part? <laughs> well, <Right>. yeah, there... <laughs> I have to say, that's the other thing that I don't know if you guys noticed or if it stood out to you, but I would definitely say that these last few episodes really felt more brutal, mature. I guess, is, is the oh, mature totally. yeah. in terms of kind of how, like, if you noticed, so just kind of skip ahead a little bit, but if you notice, like, in the in the, in the the finale, you know, Ezra is, like, legit slashing stormtroopers, and they're not yeah. really making it like, oh, they're just disarming them and knocking them out. No, he's, like, right. legit, like, slicing them up the middle. Uh, and, and then... The, the wolf. The wolf. Party. <laughs> the wolf pack. Yeah, skipping, skipping way ahead. Um, right. But, but it definitely, it definitely felt like, in terms, thematically, to go perhaps with a little bit more heavy, these heavy themes of yeah. letting go, sacrifice, you know, coming into your own, making these hard choices that we also saw visually, you know, some kind of more mature um, well, images to go along with that. Think about the target audience too for a bit there. When the show started, they would have been, imagine a 10 year old watching Rebels when it first premiered. He or mm-hmm. she would be fourteen, fifteen now at this point. Yeah. So I, I think it's a fairly common occurrence. I don't know if it's a practice. I, I would call it a practice, but it's an occurrence that as the show goes on, it kind of, in a way, matures along with with its audience. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean that, that's probably you. That's a good point too. It yeah. just it it felt, I guess, to me. I don't I can't really say why this is if I was trying to watch it more critically or if for whatever but you know for whatever reason it it stood out to me just well, a little bit we more. we came a long way from you stole a tie fighter what <laughs> we're to going to this get is for Cajun. Yeah we're going yeah. to get fruit to <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm sacrificing everything yeah, that's you that's know? true. I mean, uh, and the whole series has had an arc, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and it was beautiful. Yeah, if you go from yeah street street rat Ezra to Jedi Ezra, yeah. I have a question for y'all. Would you yep. say that Ezra went like? Would you consider him a knight? After he rejects Palpatine's temptation. And destroys for, the temple. What's for, left? <laughs> for what's left of for me, that was like the defining moment for Ezra. That was his emotional climax as far as his art goes. So I don't know, for me as soon as I saw that, I'm like, holy shit, he's a full fledged Jedi Knight at that at this point, as far as you know, considering he's not been formally trained or anything, it's just a couple of years. I, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess that makes, given what happens in the end, his choice at the end, I think that definitely makes sense as, like, that's what, that's what pushes him over the the precipice, so to speak. Like, by making that decision to reject Palpatine's offer 
to let his parents go after, you know, his encounter, well, one, seeing Kanan die, and then his encounter with Ahsoka, and seeing Kanan die again, um, yeah, I mean, I would agree, that's basically what pushes him over the threshold, so to speak, Mm -hmm. of what we would consider being a Jedi. And I'll stand on top of that as well and say that absolutely because Ezra from the beginning of season three would not have made the same choice. He would have chosen his parents. No, yes. And and so this is this is Ezra, all the training that he that he has accumulated, all the experiences of fighting against the Empire and training with Kanan and and you know the bendu and all that stuff i mean all of the whole journey has now come to this moment the ultimate temptation this is the one thing that he longed for you know the the yeah. entire series mm-hmm. and and it's i mean I, I think adrian you said when we were watching it's a trap you know <laughs> and he must have realized it in that moment he and so his his training at that point became complete so when your training's complete, you're no longer the Padawan. Even, you know, if your if your master is there to grant you the the title of knight or not, that transformation happens at some point. And I think that was the point for Ezra. See, when, so yes, you're when, 100% right. When you break it down that way, there's a lot of parallel with with Luke considering they were both non-traditional, unconventional Jedi, right? Yeah. Yeah. Your typical Padawan back in the day, traditional a traditional Padawan from from little little kids trained in this in these in this temple which is for the most part a safe safe place. They're educated like like students like for the most part, right? Ezra and Luke <laughs> they were constantly in actual peril while learning, facing Sith lords, facing mm-hmm. inquisitors, killing, taking lives in the name of a bigger uh, purpose, experience a lot more experience, a lot faster experience that your typical Padawan would receive in the traditional environment. And I'll even clear that up. I think I think Ezra and Luke were never actually Padawans. I think they were apprentices, apprentices, but never yeah, actually were that. Padawans. You know. Yeah. All right, that's yeah. a that's an interesting point. Good, good. Certain yeah. point of view right there. I like it. <laughs> yeah, but continue. No, no. I mean, that's I. I like. I like. I like. I like that. That's because you're right. They weren't Padawans. You're right. They were apprentices, and they were forced to learn at a much faster and more dangerous rate. Mm-hmm. And they both had their whole no more training to require moment. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the choices that they made at like their right. moment that, that mm-hmm. defined their knighthood. Even Luke. No one told yeah. Luke, "You're a Jedi now." No, he he told the emperor. He stood up to the emperor. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. He knew he had sent made it to it. Jabba. Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight. Oh, <laughs> yeah, do that. I mean, he he proclaimed himself he did. Jedi. But so so I, I, I would I'm do- Luke Skywalker, Jedi, Jedi Knight, Knight, and friend of Captain Solo. And he's like, nah, he's not a Jedi. Nah, screw that kid. <laughs> and we all know how that ended. I knew your daddy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he brought me back my son I remember, once. 
I remember when he was pod racing. <laughs> he brought me back my pumpkin or pookie, whatever he called it. <laughs> right. Call that thing. Oh, uh, pookie. Pook, was it pookie? Punky? No, Obi Wan Punky. Oh, Punky. <laughs> Don't take me back to the Clone Wars movie, oh, guys. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> but, but, speaking of. But speaking of Clone Wars, yeah, I feel snap. like we should do a drum roll. Ah, snap is right because I don't. Ahsoka Tano. Oh yes. Did you did you guys expect that to happen? Yes. Well, not like that yes. exactly, but. <laughs> well, remember, I kept asking, hey, so Ahsoka, we're going to get Ahsoka one more time, right? Because, come on, they wouldn't yeah, just bring her back. You, you have, yeah. And I kept like, come on, Ahsoka, right? And, well, and, and, and you know, we have the teaser at Celebration, right, before the season started. The Ahsoka Lives, Ahsoka Lives t-shirts. Remember those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but, but so, I, mean, I mean, specifically for the finale, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's but well, I, but I but I think that's that's probably when he wrote the finale. Was when he was wearing it. It takes about a year, you know, ten months yeah. to to make an episode, and so I mean that might have been in direct reference to yeah. Don't worry, you guys. Ahsoka is going to be back in Rebels. God, man, just I I have to say that honestly, I. I don't think that was what I expected. I mean, in the back of my mind, I think I knew it was a possibility. But at the same time, I was kind of like, but, you know, the story is on focusing on the ghost crew. You know, is it really is is Ahsoka still really part of that, I guess? Um, Or would she just detract from that. And so I'd kind of reached the point where I was like, you know, I don't, you know, they'll, that mystery box will be solved at another time. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting, expecting that at all. I totally was. In that way, though? I, I, I mean, I expected to see her again in Rebels, yes. Yeah. I didn't know how, but I expected to see her again in Rebels. And, and I thought that we'd see her in the finale. I mean, it's it's just been such a big question the whole season. And we haven't seen her, we haven't seen her, we haven't seen her, we haven't seen her. And then there she is. Not only <laughs> not not only in pseudo flashback form, but pulled out of the timeline and we kinda are like, Oh yeah, by the way, Ahsoka's back. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you know, she goes back into the temple, yada, yada. Oh, maybe that's where she dies. You know, maybe that's the end of her story. No, see, that, that was that was, so my, that was my hang-up for the finale. It's like, she has got to show up one last time because they are not going to reintroduce her. <laughs> yeah. No, just, I, and I agree. I, I, think, I think that's what we were both waiting for, and we got it. So I was, I was expecting it. I was hoping for it. I was expecting it, and I would have been disappointed if we didn't get it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm not disappointed. I mean, like a lot of people, you know, I was wondering 
what had happened to Ahsoka and if they were ever going to give us a definitive answer on what happened. And so I actually really love how that played out that, you know, Ezra pulling her into the world between worlds and she's able to help him accept the lesson that he needs to learn. And then she goes back and we kind of get this nice bookend. Um, you know, like it just fits so perfectly. Yeah. Um, to, to kind of make it so that, you know, she survives, but she's still on the temple or in the temple on Malachor and, you know, kind of wrap that up into a nice, like, yes, Ahsoka lives. So I just, that whole, <laughs> that whole episode was pretty spectacular and watching it, it gave me chills like literal head to toe full body chills when, when he enters the world between worlds. So visually it was just stunning. And then it was, was you know, it was every sense was absolutely like you were, you were on the edge of your seat with your Mm -hmm. ears, with your eyes, your emotions, all of it, you know, that was just like, I mean, Gosh, I, I mean, here we are at the end of the season, at the end of, of the series, and we're starting to get new ideas and new concepts, and mm-hmm. and it's, God, it's just, cre- from a creative standpoint, um, it's, the whole series just got better and better and better as it got, and, until the last, this last batch of episodes, it's like, okay, unleash the dragons, here we go, you know? <laughs> Well, that and just like the animation, all of it. That that episode was maybe one of the most beautifully animated in all of Rebels, like the whole series. I mean, the two D animation that they added, uh, gorgeous. Um, for those two episodes, I guess maybe the two D animation. Yeah. I can't remember, but anyway, but the two yeah. D animation was just so fantastically done i mean yeah that was in the same episode and and i think i said in an earlier podcast that episode might be favorite darn near tied with if not my favorite rebels episode i yeah Um, i i and and now having seen the last two after that i still can't answer that question because (laughs) those were good too but They're that one, man, is just so special. Yeah. And, you know, like we, like I had mentioned earlier, you know, able to draw from all, all of eras yeah. of Star Wars, yeah. all of it, and having it all in one place. Now, do you guys, because, because when Ezra is in the world between worlds and he's able to, to basically touch or see feel effect whatever affect various time points within the star wars universe does this does that sit okay with you or you know do you consider that time travel does that work in the star wars universe time travel exists in star wars now because of rebels and it's it's pretty damn cool with me i'm gonna say the potential exists because 
I mean, you, you obviously can't affect it, but I don't think we still saw true time travel. I saw peering into different spart- parts of time and drawing people out of it into a limbo type state and then mm-hmm. returning them to where they were. But I don't think there was actual time travel from... Had Ahsoka gone with Ezra, that would have been time travel. Absolutely. Yes, so the potential yeah. was right, there. I see what you're getting at. But we didn't actually yeah. see it. True, true, true. And, okay, and, that. and, the, and the potential for, for Ezra to affect Kanan's um, end. And I his mean, own. That, yeah. And uh, Ahsoka's. Right. All of it. I mean, to change it, you know. Um, <laughs> and I guess in a sense he did change Ahsoka's, right? In a sense, he did. Can I just yeah. ask pulled, real quick? What do you guys think Vader thought when, right as he was about to just strike Ahsoka, he just see this random hand come out of nowhere and pull her? <laughs> right. Sorry. That, <laughs> maybe. I, just thinking maybe about that's, that. Maybe that's why he doesn't like fall over in shock when Kenobi disappears right in front of him. I don't know. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah. He's already oh, seen it once before. Oh, oh. That's a, that's a really interesting thought. <laughs> got their thinking cap on hmm. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. i mean yeah and 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 also having said that it exists but then that temple closed the gateway to it it yes is it's gone it's off. sealed yeah mm-hmm. and and i don't think anybody can can get back into it the emperor couldn't you know nobody yeah in, in I totally my mind, agree with you. it's completely closed off so i i think unless so there's other portals to it which I'm there sure must there be. be. Yeah, there must be, but we don't see, we don't witness those. Um, I think the actual the time travel in Star Wars is still not a thing, but the potential is there. Mm-hmm. I and think I think that's a good point. I, I think that's what I like about it so much because it's the potential of this magical type of time travel, this force version of it. It's not it's not a Delorean. Mm-hmm. It's not a device. It's not yeah. It's not something gimmicky like that. It's if you're able to do it, it's because you're special. You know, you're force sensitive. You're you've gone through the knowledge, the trials to get to that point. That makes sense. And yeah, and also like it's not readily available. Like yeah. I think the whole the whole thing is like John mentioned. You know, Lothal is literally maybe one of the only or few places where this is actually possible and you know yes perhaps there are others out there well let's think about that too there must be because the emperor gets in somehow i don't think he came in the same portal as as ezra uh, i can so let's talk about that real quick because yeah so if you watch rebels recon they do address this Filoni addresses this specifically, oh, right, 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 and right. he he says that the Emperor is not actually in the world between worlds. He's using Ezra to peer into it. He's basically using Ezra as a doorway, but he is okay. not actually in there. So okay. Ezra and Ahsoka, technically, are the only ones that have actually been in there. The uh-huh. Emperor is using his connection to Ezra to see this space, but he's not actually there. He doesn't actually have access to it, which is okay. why he wants the temple gotcha. in the first. Right. And Ezra, I guess. 
both okay. of those things. I would okay. argue so that, that makes sense. Anakin and Obi-Wan were also there for a brief period at, in the whole Mortis arc back in Clone Wars. They trend, they they went they had they had to have gone through it on their way to the realm to Mortis itself. Like the shrug emoji right now. Yeah, I maybe <laughs> sure. Maybe I, yeah. I maybe I mean, quite possibly shrug emoji. That would make <laughs> sense. That would make perfect sense, or something similar to it. And that, yes, that's also the to- reason I don't think Lothal was the only gateway, just because of how they mm-hmm. got. Yeah, got, got to Mortis. To, got to That's Mortis. a good point. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, okay, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> Head cannon accepted. Uh, Head cannon check. accepted. <laughs> so then, so then we can say yes. There are other portals into it, definitively. Yeah. So you know whether or not we'll see those come into play in the future. You know, we'll see. Could be. There's at least portals fun. to Mortis. Mm-hmm. If Mortis exists anymore. anymore. True that. If it I ever mean, truly existed. At all. Yeah, Ooh. right? Like, maybe it was just a... Con- yeah. A manifestation <laughs> of the Force. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> but those were... Those no, those it were existed. It episodes. totally existed. It totally existed. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have a quick question for you guys. Yes. Bring it on. Do you think any of... This kind of stuff, Mortis, the world between worlds, potential time travel. Do you think this would fl- this would fly in a movie? If, if it was if, if it was introduced in a movie, and not a not a series. I think, given people's reaction to Leia using her own Force powers <laughs> in the Last Jedi to be diplomatic as possible, I don't think that there would be a very welcome reception to seeing this mixed results are highly likely yes we're we're on the same page here people just (laughs) because yeah yeah. i'm just curious to see if you guys thought (laughs) well and the thing is i also think that having the just the platform the the animated platform the series allows them to do a few more things like that that yeah. maybe would be more difficult to achieve in in live action. I mean, obviously technology has come such a long way since 1977 and has it? You know, <laughs> just a little bit. Um, oh, wait. Didn't I, mean, I have no. my iPad then? <laughs> so, you know, you know, it could be likely that, you know, at some point in the future, maybe we will see something like this on the big screen. But I think they're able to kind of push that a little bit more in this format, both just kind of in the serialized nature, you know, building up to it, and then also just being able to to show us. Well, I don't um, think the buildup matters, though, because okay. to, to most Star Wars fans... The only canon is the feature films. I'm going to say, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say most Star Wars fans are only looking at the feature films. They don't dig much deeper. Like, my wife would consider herself a Star Wars fan. She's never watched Rebels. She's never read one of the books or the comics or anything like that. But she considers herself a Star Wars fan. And you know what? She is a Star Wars so, fan. Yeah, of course. Um, so, 
So even though things are introduced in other medias, cartoons, comics, novels, video games, mm-hmm. what have you, um, doesn't mean that it's canon to everyone. That's true. So, so setting something up in one of the non-theatrical um, medias, you know, is is nice for us fans that do dig into those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a bridge for us to be introduced to those wild concepts. But everyone else is lost. Everyone else would look at that and go, the fuck? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Whereas we'd be like, well, actually, uh, they, the precedence was set in uh, comic book uh, 75 <laughs> issue. Uh, you know. Holy crap, we have all done that. I know we have. Yeah. No, we have. We each have, you know, oh, in, yeah, in one way course. or another. And oh, so, yeah. I mean, I've, I've explained many crazy Star Wars things to people family members and friends and stuff and said, you know, the same kind of thing. Well, you know, was, in this, this happened, so that make that's why that makes sense. Oh, okay, I guess it makes sense to me now, too. I'm pretty sure I've done this to you guys. On, no. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> in you this have, book, totally. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you have a big case. In this podcast. Let's <laughs> turn it into a call-out session. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, on that same token, John and I have done that to you from the video game side of things. Sure. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. We, but I love it, because then I get more other. knowledge. Yeah, we yeah. each other. We do. Yeah, we complement one another. That's right. And, I mean, you know, again, like, I don't play the video games, so I appreciate you guys telling me that, because that just adds to my own knowledge of the Star Wars universe and where all these pieces fit in. And, oh, Adrian, I totally just remembered something from the last Jedi novelization, which is completely unrelated to our current podcast, so I'll tell you However, we do allow tangents. (laughs) Ready? Go. Oh, so there is a mention of Inferno Squad in the last Jedi novelization. Wow. Yeah, spoiler alert. Sorry, all the spoilers. (laughs) That's not only. That's very interesting. (laughs) What do they say? It's it's Leia, and she's basically, when they're on crate, she's hoping, praying, you know, they're reaching out, and she's hoping that, you know, someone will answer the call, and, you know, wishing for Inferno Squad, or there are a couple other I love that, that so much. So, yeah! So, yes. Yeah, so, speaking of video game slash movie book tie-in... So there's that. Didn't anyway. happen in the movie. It's not canon. Uh, yeah. It's B canon. It's B canon. It's B canon. Whatever yeah. that is. No, I remember Whatever. thinking too, because like Inferno Squad is out there, right? The, uh, the Both of them. So yeah. They didn't answer the call. They didn't answer the call. That's right. They didn't. Anyway, tangent. That's cool. Thank you, thank you for sharing. That made me happy. So. That is very cool. I, I totally appreciate that too. Sidetrack. Um, anyway. Back to Rebels. Stay on target. Uh, <laughs> Back to Rebels. Stay on target. So, yeah. So, those... Oh, now I'm totally forgetting. World Between Worlds. What was the episode before that? Who remembers what it was called? I don't. Um, <laughs> uh, I have the episode list up here, but I closed it. Wolves at the Door. There you Wolves go. Wolves at the Door. Oh, yeah. 
Hashtag not a wolf. Hash, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag that, why these wolves all got chicken feet. Because they be have dinosaur. They be have dinosaur space that. wolves. I like that answer. Okay. I, dinosaur I did space like, wolves. I like that. <laughs> I did like how we got to see more of them traveling like, I don't know, almost like the hyperspace travel that they they can do. I'm losing my vocabulary vocabulary right now. <laughs> um, I think vocabulary with, is, is appropriate. <laughs> with all of, you know, with the ghost crew and, you know, kind of getting all those voices from the past, uh, you know, past seasons of Rebels um, also was a nice touch. And they just kind of like disappear into the earth. Those wolves are crazy. They're crazy. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, those wolves kind of freak me out, to be honest. Dinosaur uh, space wolf force creatures. Especially carnivorous that God- dinosaur space wolf. Especially that Godzilla creatures. Doom one. Yeah. So, question. Do you guys think that that was Kanan? Oh, 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 he totally reminded me of another nitpick I had. Oh, okay. Nitpick away. It kind of, it kind of, it kind of ties into that. Had Kanan yes. died at the end of season three, and then these wolves were introduced, I think it would have made a lot more sense with the whole Kanan wolf connection thing we got. <clears throat> Sorry, we got. That's true. Because right? Kanan was still alive for most of that, so I think mm-hmm. I think it would have been a lot clearer if. Oh yeah, yeah. That's Kanan. He's manifesting himself as these mystical Doom. love wolves. He's calling himself Doom. He's got the marking from his shoulder. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. armor thing. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is a very good call, Cat. I, I was looking at that wolf. Like, where have I seen that before? And you're like, oh. Had Kanan died in season three, it would have been much clearer. I think. Forgot to yeah. make that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but yeah. But do you think that wolf was? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe saying, "Do you think that wolf was Kane?" is not really the right question. Do you think that wolf with the symbol that we have seen that we saw that was on the same as on Kanan's pauldron? Do you think that that wolf was a manifestation of Kanan's force, spirit, yeah, energy? Clearly, there's a connection, a deep, mm-hmm. deep connection. So I'll say yes. Some Jedi do the glowing blue thing. Some other Jedi do giant Godzilla wolves with chicken dinosaur feet. Yeah. I guess. To each their own. You're on. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess, like, I don't think the other wolves are relate. I mean, aside from their the fact that they're all loth wolves, but mm-hmm. I don't think the other wolves were like Kanan, but I do think that wolf with that marking was meant to kind of be like the last Ezra, this is your task. This is what you need to do to f- complete the circle, basically, but to finish your learning. That's the one that showed up after Kanan actually physically died, so it's, yes, totally, it's in line yeah. with all the other ones. Well, and then there is the other one that spoke to Kanan. Yes, and but spoke to Ezra too, right? Yeah. yeah, Doom, the Doom Wolf, right? Doom. But I don't think that Doom. But I don't think that Wolf 
was Kanan. I think that was just a wolf acting no. from the Force or with the Force. Or- a messenger. Right. Well, uh, obviously, it- obviously, that that one was the one that was that was connecting the wolves to Kanan. Mm-hmm. Or Kanan to the wolves. Helping show However Kanan way. Yeah. where yeah. his path lay on Lothal. Totally, yeah. Yeah, I dig right, it, but just, yeah, that that was Kanan in, in, in my eyes, and I think in our headcanon, I think all, all of us like yeah. to think that, that was Kanan. Yeah. Well, and we never see him again, right? Yeah. Like that wolf, that wolf appears once. Right, and and, and Ezra gone. says, no, he's he's truly gone now. Actually, that, that wolf in the horizon, was that, yeah. the, was that the Godzilla Doom Wolf, or was that just the white wolf? I thought that was the white wolf that we've seen the most of. I thought. Yeah, because he's not back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and but he's the one that connects Kanan to the wolves. So, yeah. so that yeah. that connection is now severed when the white wolf goes away. And then, uh, Filoni again. Wait, Can no the the white wolf was like, back in the finale though, kicking butt yeah. with the wolf egg. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So. I gotta, I gotta rewatch the ending of World Between Worlds again. I, I gotta see if that wolf in the distance is the white wolf or the Godzilla wolf. I, sh- I should stop I calling it Godzilla wolf, but it was a big wolf. No, no, no. Call it Godzilla wolf. That helps. It okay. was a big wolf. I no <laughs> I, wolf. I think big bad I think, wolf. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think you're right, Adrian. I think it was the white wolf, and I took that more as kind of like. He he's off in the distance and he goes, I mean, the wolves come and go, right? So yeah. I kind of took that as he left because Ezra had done what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. He'd closed the temple. No one else could get access to it now. Yeah. That task was done. And so then the wolf disappeared because he didn't need to be there at that moment. So that's kind of how I took Thematically, it. Thematically, it makes not, sense. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I guess I've got to go back and rewatch that too because See, now I don't like the white wolf being involved anymore. <laughs> yeah. Ezra being connected to the other wolves, that's that would have been fine. It's that yeah. white wolf now that's kind of problematic. Well, because Ezra connection with any animal has been set up as a precedence. Yeah. Throughout the entire series. Mm-hmm. So, his connection to any kind of animal you know, makes sense. But I agree. I think, you know, the white wolf thing, having him disappear in the sunlight and never to return, I think would have been way cooler. You guys remember that love cat that Ezra just couldn't connect to at all in season one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It is in hindsight. Yeah, and in development. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can't connect yeah. to this cat and then Pergil attack. Right. <laughs> totally called that. Yes, you did. Yeah, you totally did. Totally called that. I mean, but but like think about yeah, I mean just like I'd completely forgotten about that, but like Ezra, you know, first season can't even communicate with the Lothgat. And then here he is basically calling in the cavalry in the, the cavalry of, and an airstrike. And an air, you know. <laughs> and and an Uber. And an Uber. Yeah. <laughs> All in one. (laughs) A bunch of giant space whales. Um, But yeah, gosh, man. Tentacle whales. Tentacle whales. Star Wars is always best when it has Uh, tentacle monsters. Yeah, I... (laughs) 
Did you guys? Be- oh my god! Would you guys have thought that when Bendu told Thrawn, "I see your defeat, uh, cold embrace," that whole? Oh. oh my god! No. So you guys literally like a literal cold embrace by these giant tentacle whale monsters from space. Oh. I didn't even think of that. Oh You're right. Oh my god! I didn't even think of that either. Holy he was cow. being literal, and I love that. Extremely. It makes that last uh, laugh when Thrawn shoots him or whatever. Just mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a troll laugh. It's like, haha. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're so cool, but just wait. Just wait. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had an inkling that that was going to happen as soon as matt or mart or whatever his name is sorry um stranger stranger uh, things kid yeah (laughs) right totally as as soon as he was like oh you know there's another plan and i was like what plan Um, and then i was trying to think like what could the backup plan be like we know the rebellion isn't coming or at least I was pretty sure that the rebellion wasn't coming. And then I was like, what else? And, and then I think it was literally, I was just like, yeah, what about the pergill? Like, that'd be kind of hilarious. See, okay, <laughs> not now, even. Now that we're yeah. on that, I mean, how, how, do, how do you plan for that? How do you, okay, so what's the name? Mark? It starts with an M. I know it starts with an M, but he's just so irrelevant that I don't. Anyway, how, how do you tell? Yeah, okay, Mark. I'm gonna go with Mark. Okay, Mark, go get my <laughs> whale friends. Not well. How, but you just maybe... fly up to them and be like, "Hey, uh, I'm Ezra's friend." Is he, do you talk to them straight up? Like, what's the Ezra must have put out the call, right? Because it's his connection. So, who you gonna call? Pergil, space Pergil. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hyperspace Pergil. Um, I was just wondering how the logistics of this final plan of his, this plan B of his, really worked out. I don't, I don't know, but that was some like emperor level planning right there that Ezra had going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if Snoke can connect Kylo and Rey, then Ezra, I guess, can well, I send mean, out a call to a bunch like, of whales. They- well but not even that but just kind of like the whole plotting like having having Ryder lure price to the base and then getting into the imperial headquarters and knowing what Thrawn was what what would have happened if price didn't show up what if she had just sent the, the troops I was just thinking about this last night there's a lot of coincidence a lot of luck with this plan that they had well that's the jedi way right true that <laughs> I mean, i'll take it can we can we look at return of the jedi for a minute have you guys seen the whole bit going around the internet about oh, plan. <laughs> how about how there was basically no plan or like they all had different plans and just implemented them at the same time i mean whether or not you think that's true or just some funny or crazy whatever you know that's kind of like luke's whole contingencies on contingencies they were they were like that's that's yeah i mean (laughs) maybe maybe part of ezra's plan is just winging it all right you know what but 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 he would share winging it with mart 
And it is marked. Marked. Marked, yeah. Looked it up. Uh, Thank you. Voiced by Zachary Gordon. Hmm. Yeah. Sorry, Zachary, I, that we got and, your and character speaking of wrong. Voicing characters, I guess I guess I didn't realize that um a very, very famous uh Star Wars actor um voiced Rook. Oh, you didn't know? No, I didn't know Warwick Davis yeah. was Rook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't realize that. They made cool. a big deal about it at Celebration or yeah. shortly after Celebration. Yeah. And he was going to be. Well, I wasn't there, so. Uh. But I mean, <laughs> I, a series series wide though. I mean, you. I'm I'm kind of scrolling through the IMBD, so I'm I'm cheating here. But you look at the 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 guest voices that have been connected with this series. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you know some some pretty good names. You know you've got, um, you know people like um, Jason Isaacs. You know was the Inquisitor, and mm-hmm. uh, Phil Lamar was Bail Organa, and and he is just, I mean, God, he's Samurai Jack. You know, watch out, um, uh, Jim Cummings, <laughs> who does. Oh, no. So so many voices in animation is one of my personal voiceover heroes. He, he was a couple Icon. of Imperials in in the finale. He was, yeah, yeah. He was, uh, he he was he was all over the series, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tom Baker, Sarah Michelle Gellar, um, Brent Spiner from Star Trek. Uh, Ian McDermott, of course, James Earl Jones. Brent I mean, Spiner was in this some, one? In, in, uh, he wasn't in that in this one, episode, but, but he in, was in, in the series overall. Who was he? Yeah. yeah. He, he was way back in the first season. He was Gaul Gal Travis. Really? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Now you and, can go back and replay the episode in your head and imagine yep. Brent Spiner. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's Lieutenant yeah. Data. Uh, Forrest Whitaker, should I imagine of course. Data or should I imagine the dude from Independence Day? But anyway, tangent. Um, Either one. Yeah, what, yeah I think it you. both works. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Forrest Whitaker, yeah, of course. Uh, Frank Oz, Billy D. Williams, of course, both Malcolm McDowell, um, just Josh Gad in yeah. one episode. <laughs> um, Seth Green, of course, as Captain Seavor. Um, just some yeah. some great talent yes, has uh, yes. has made some appearances throughout um, throughout this series. Uh, Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, you know, all kinds of people have 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 contributed to this series, and it's just it's cool that you know Star Wars has has now connections with so many other franchises just because of this series. I dig it. Totally. Yeah, dude, you're, my mind is blown right now. I'm trying to. I was aware of most of these, but some of these names, I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, Supposed to show gotta, the power of Star Wars. Gotta have to rewatch right. it again. I guess. Yeah. Well, and that's the other. That's the other. The one good thing about the series ending is now we'll eventually have all of it on demand in fact we have it all on demand right now and can watch it from beginning to end and really really sink our teeth into it now it's really cool 
I look forward yeah. to adding the complete Blu-ray series to my collection. Mm-hmm. Totally. I well, having can't. said that, what do you guys think about uh, putting a wrap on this episode and coming back one more time to talk about Rebels and really focusing on the final two episodes, um, what happened, what we can make sense of, and hopes for certain characters in the future because we, we obviously have um, a lot of carrots dangling in there um, that um, we can feel free to munch on at any point. Yeah, I'm down. Sounds sounds like a great plan. All right, so let's wrap this one up. Um, Adrian, where can people find us? People can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Force Fan Podcast, and they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Lab Pro. Cat right? Uh. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cat Ray. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that John Fred or on my Facebook account, John K. Frederick. That's going to do it for this week, kitties. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. <laughs>